True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. listen to this story i think of the old saying money can buy you happiness we're ending season three with a bang literally um so yeah this is this the is last it. episode the story of a girl <laughs> and and it continues the theme continues throughout the episode um yeah this is the last episode of season three this is, it. This is a story about a girl named like we already sang that song. I wasn't gonna sing. I was. Just, oh. Uh, um. Was it this season? And, uh, I don't know. Also, the last episode of our karaoke podcast as this well. This is the end of the world. <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Uh, but this is yeah. I'm so this is, to think of something. Uh, this is it. Season three. Hey, Michael Jackson. We did it. We did it. We did it again. Yay! For a third time. Damn. Yeah. Nothing sarcastic. No. <laughs> We're all waiting. We're just like. I know. Um, yeah. And Kyle is going to end this season mm-hmm. with a good one. I'm super excited. I hope a so. literal bang. I hope everyone likes it. Okay. So back when we did Snapped, I mm-hmm. had mentioned that I was working on a story, but it ended up just being like too much. And I might do it an, at another time, and that I would I, I would reference when it was that time. Well, it's that time. It's happening. The time has come. And so I'm doing the Menendez brothers. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> and so obviously, originally I was going to do Snapped, um, but there's so much information like. I would have taken the whole hour. <laughs> so now I'm going to take the whole hour. <laughs> and, Finally. And do this one. So. And you've been wanting to do this one for a while. Yeah. Too. It's, 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 it's up there with one of my. It's like three seasons in the making. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's literally. one of my favorites. Like Ted Bundy's top. And this is like, this is close up there just because. Mm-hmm. There's so much. And what Ted do you Bundy believe? was last season, right? Yeah. Would you do the first season? We did cults. She did the yeah. Manson. Oh, 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 you're right. You're right. My bad. I didn't remember. Me either. Um, <laughs> I was like, I remember oh. shit. What did I do first? I was, <laughs> I was a part of first season. I don't remember. <laughs> Were you here for that? Or? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's definitely up there just because it's like, do you believe them? Do you not believe them? If you do, if you don't, it's, it's crazy. So, but I'll get into it. And it's like, I always hesitate with doing high profile ones because 
the information's out there. So obviously a yeah. lot of this you might have already heard, but you know, it's always fun to go down memory lane and talk, especially with this one, because I feel like it's either you're on one side of the fence or you're on the other or you're me, which is like right But in the also we have, I mean, I feel like this story is kind of taking like a backseat to everything else that's come around. Yeah. And we have a lot of younger listeners that may have not that's heard true. Oh my it. God. So let us we know if you've like never heard enlightening this. people. Yeah. Like leave a comment if you've never heard it. Cause that would be cool to know. I, I'll like cry if I like I, that. Also, <laughs> that also just made me like way more nervous. Like what if this no is the first pressure. time they're hearing this? Oh shit. Okay. All right. So just, they're going to believe anything you tell them. Oh, so just because oh, our no. podcast is 100% factual. <laughs> We do all our research ourselves. <laughs> well, it's taken her this long and by to ourselves, do the research. It means so. watching part one and part two Snapped. of the Snapped episode yeah. <laughs> and transcribing exactly. reading Murderpedia. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just gonna, I'm just jumping in. Jumping in. We are jumping in, people. Jumping in. <laughs> um, Is that a Florida word? <laughs> August 20th, 1989, two men were seen entering the home of Jose and Kitty Menendez. The couple were in the family room watching TV and dozing off when one of the men aimed his 12-gauge shotgun and began to shoot. One shot shattered the glass and splintered the wood of the French doors behind the couch where Jose was sitting. One pellet struck Jose in the left elbow. Another struck him in the right arm, followed by another. One of the killers then placed the shotgun against the back of his head and fired. As the first shots were being fired, Kitty stood and began to run away from her attackers when she was shot in the right leg and in her right arm. She tried desperately to continue to walk and get away, but she could not. She fell and her killers fired over and over again. Even after being shot multiple times and losing a quart of blood, she continued to try and crawl away. The killers reloaded their shotguns with different ammunition. To make sure that Kitty died, they placed the shotgun against her left cheek and fired. In total, her body was shot 10 times and her head had been struck four times, shattering her skull. The killer. I did not know that. Holy fuck. It's, I knew they were like brutally it, murdered. It's but goddamn. overkill. All right. Yeah. The, uh, the killers then gathered the shell casings and left. That was the evidence. Um, that's what the evidence told police and the medical examiner of what happened that night. At 11.47 p.m. on August 20, 1989, a 911 call was received at the Beverly Hills Police Department. I couldn't find just the call. Is it like in a show? It's in Snapped. I love Snap so much. Were they shocked? Yes. They were shocked? Yes. They could hear him talking to his brother and telling him, don't go near them. So it's hard to hear, but that was Lyle, the oldest son of Jose and Kitty, who called the police, um, called 911, um, crying hysterically, saying that his parents had been shot, yelling at his younger brother, Eric, to get away from the bodies. Um, Very distraught. Um, A minute or so later, police investigator Russ Olson arrived at 722 Elm Drive. After walking around the outside of the mansion for several minutes, the police officers heard screaming and watched as two men ran out out of the front door side by side, almost in step. 
The men ran past the officers and through the gate in front of the driveway and fell to their knees on the grass between the sidewalk and the street. Over and over again, they shouted, oh my God, I can't believe it. The two cops tried to get information out of the men, but the younger one was irrational, running around and trying to ram his head into a tree. What? Uh, the older one was trying to restrain and calm the younger one. Um, again, this was Lyle and Eric Menendez. Um, so when the police arrived, it was like obviously visibly distraught. Wait, uh, which one's the hot one? Is it Lyle? I think it depends. It depends on a personal preference. Some people think Lyle, some people think... I think Eric's cuter than Lyle, personally. Okay, hold on. Let's, let's settle this right now, Kyle. Lyle. I think Lyle was technically the hot one, but Lyle always freaked me out. Oh, yeah, Lyle's the hot one. Wait. They look a lot alike, so it's not like... <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out later. Okay. Lyle and Eric were taken to the police department to give a statement. At the time, the police did not consider them suspects, but wanted to see if the brothers knew anything about the crime, anything that could help them with investigating this crime. Um, they questioned them. And then after 20 minutes, the questioning ceased because Eric just broke down. He was just completely distraught. The brothers did provide police with um, a very detailed chronology of how they spent August 20th, which consisted of going to see Batman at the nearby, nearby, nearby movie theater <laughs> <laughs> and then went to the Santa Monica Food and Wine Festival. Uh, Lyle said that he suspected that it might have been related to organized crime. He said that... Could have had something to do with Jose's job, which was what, or what originally brought the family to Hollywood. So the man that Jose took over for, like he had, it was for this like news or this like uh, movie like production and things like that, TV production. Um, and it came out that he had been involved in porn and the company that, the alternative company that was um, involved in porn eventually became one of the biggest porn studios in the business, I guess. But this was embarrassing yeah. for the current company. It's called Caroloco, Carol Co, Carol Co, because a large market for them was children. So it was just this big, like, no, 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 shit, yeah, you can't. <laughs> this can't. This can't overlap. So you gotta go. Jose came in, took his place, and it was Jose's job to like revamp this image and take over for this man. Um, and Lyle suspected that this person was the one who hired the hit on his parents because being in the porn industry at that time, especially the porn and the mob, like were very yeah. um, intermingled. So they were like, it looks like a mob hit because they were both shot in the knees and all of this stuff. And so he's like, that's the only real thing that I can like think of that could be related. And that makes sense. Um, and so this obviously led the pol police on the route of investigating that side of it. Uh, based on this speculation. Uh, and because the brothers were not suspected of killing their parents, the police did not administer any like gunshot residue tests or anything, just kind of took their statement and they were free to go. The 80s. <laughs> Don't you love them? <laughs> In the days following the murders, Lyle and Eric hired bodyguards as they were afraid that they would be the next ones part of the hit. God. Uh, they also didn't want to stay in the house their parents were murdered in. 
That makes sense. Uh, so Lyle stayed at the Beverly Hills Hotel and Eric stayed with a friend. The trail of this being a potential mob hit went completely cold. There was absolutely no evidence pointing to the fact that this was the speculation that what, the fact. Well, I can't read. breathe. Breathe. <laughs> there was it's no okay. evidence pointing to this. Every episode. Every, every episode. <laughs> We can't so read, okay, people? We can't read and we can't speak and we can't. We just can't anything. We just can't. Okay, so there was no evidence at all pointing to the fact that this was the mob. So they were back to square one looking for any other potential angle that this could be because that was really all that they had to go off of. They had nothing else. So they started to look at the overkill of the victims. This showed the police that there was anger involved, lots of passion. This wasn't just like a hit job, boom, done. It was pissed off, very emotional, overkill. Um, Because I said, how many times did I say Kitty was shot? Like 10 or something. 10 times. And I think Jose was shot like six to seven times. So it was just like, it was very excessive. And if you look um, at the entire crime scene, there was just like bullet holes everywhere. So it's like they just came in and just like started shooting, started shooting no rhyme or reason, just completely crazy. So they're not professionals. Like they're just like yeah. crazy, emotional, coming in, shooting anything in their sight, hoping to get their target. So they were like, that's, you know, that doesn't point to the mob either. So, okay, it's a crime of passion. We need to figure out who this is. Um, and the other problem that they saw was that Lyle and Eric's only alibi were each other. Um, that's really it. Uh, Lyle sketchy. and huh? Sketchy. Said sketchy. Yeah. Lyle and Eric held an elaborate memorial service for Jose and Kitty on August 25th, 1989 at the Directors Guild of America in Los Angeles. Lyle and Eric arrived one hour late. On August 28, 1989, a traditional church service was held at the University Chapel in Princeton, which is where Lyle was going to school. At the service, Lyle spoke for 30 minutes and recalled how much Jose and Kitty had meant to him. This includes a letter that his father, he read a letter that his father Jose had written him. The letter was very loving and caring. Eric was too upset to speak. So it was always Lyle doing the speaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Within a few weeks of the murders, Lyle and Eric moved into neighboring condo units in Marina Del Rey. Their parents' murders affected Lyle and Eric differently. Eric was unsure whether to begin attending UCLA because he had just graduated high school. He was supposed to be attending UCLA. Um, Or if he should devote himself to tennis because he was an avid tennis player, very good. Um, So he kind of didn't know what he wanted to do, where his life was going. Lyle seemed more focused. He decided against continuing his college education and began to plan for a career in business. Um, Eric and Lyle began trying to heal from this, talking to close friends, and also seeing the same therapist named Dr. Ozeal. The brothers also began a massive spending spree. They spent money on new cars, designer label clothes, and jewelry, including a new Porsche, Jeep, and Rolexes for each of them. 
Oh, that's cool. As you would when you're mourning. The estate Jose and Kitty left was valued at $14 million in in 89. So Lyle and Eric would inherit about $2 million after loans and taxes were subtracted. So that fucking sucks. But still, $2 million. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with that now. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So investigators actually then found out that it wasn't the murders or his decision that kept Lyle from returning to Princeton in the fall. Lyle was kicked out of Princeton because he cheated. So they were like, Um, that's weird. Like a test or getting in? on On like a test. Like. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he was caught cheating, kicked out. Um, but he was like, oh, no, no, I, I just don't want to go back. Um, they also found out that the brothers had a criminal record. They got involved with breaking and entering. They had stolen various items from their parents, friends, and neighbors, including cash, $100,000 worth of gems and other valuable items. What? <laughs> and they were rich. Like they were super rich. They didn't need the money. Or the things. Untrustable. So they no. really just did it for... For the thrill. Yeah, yeah, just that rush. They just wanted that rush. They wanted to feel something. And they got caught. Have they ever tried having sex? I know. <laughs> I didn't ask them. Also a thrill. <laughs> I know they can't right now. <laughs> I mean, well, they can. No. No. They're not allowed conjugal visits. Mm. They're in prison though, right? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I get what Okay, I'm then. Yeah. Okay, then. I was just making sure you were on the same page. They can. (laughs) Actually, put a pin in that. Um, (laughs) Uh Oh, oh, man. um, Needless to say that when their father found out, he was freaking pissed. Because he's like, what the fuck? You don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? Why are you ruining this life that I built you? Uh, He's providing for his family growing up in Beverly Hills. And then they're around stealing from people. Yeah. To protect his sons, Jose paid all of the friends and everyone that he stole for all the damages and arranged for Eric to take the full blame of the crime because Eric was a minor. He was only 17 at the time, so he would be not charged as harshly as the adult Lyle. Eric only got probation. Boom, boom, boom. They were scot-free. That's what's going on in the book that I'm reading right now. Oh, really? Someone asked somebody else to do a murder because they'd get less time because they were a minor. That's what happens when people have money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mine was like a super rich dude, too. See? Uh, March 5th, 1990. The ex-girlfriend of Lyle and Eric's therapist, Dr. Oziel, her name is Judalon Smith, walked into police headquarters, said... She said Eric had contacted the therapist on October 31st, 1989, Halloween, and requested a solo session with the doctor because all of their therapy sessions were together, like always together. Sketchy. (laughs) He requested a solo session. And on this visit, she said Eric confessed that he and Lyle killed their parents. She said when Lyle found out, he was furious and threatened to kill Eric and the doctor if they said any more to anyone. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, What Lyle didn't account for was that Judalon was also there. So 
Dr. Ozeal, once Eric had confessed, he had told Judalon to wait in the waiting room as if she was his next patient and to kind of like listen in and make sure that he was going to be okay because he was like nervous. So she heard everything that they were saying in the room. Um, and so then she went to the police. Um, she said Lyle and Eric went through details of how they plotted to kill their parents. They said they purchased shotguns two days before the murder at a sporting goods store in San Diego using fake IDs. They then went to a range to practice using the guns. Oh, my God. <laughs> the day of the murder, they did go to the theater and got tickets to see Batman, but they never went to see the movie. Instead, they headed home, got the shotguns from the trunk of the car, and walked into the house and began shooting. And also, when I had mentioned that the killers reloaded, it, they didn't reload there. They actually went out back, to, back out to the car reloaded at the car, walked back into the house, and then, like, finished shooting the mom. So. Why did they have everything in the car? Like, just to hide it from the house? Maybe they thought that, that they wouldn't no need sense. to reload. Oh, they thought, like, they were executioners and can yeah. just get it done. And they were just shitty shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So Lyle bragged to the doctor about the 911 call he made and how he pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, um, saying even his father would be proud with how he pulled it off. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. This information from Judalon gave the investigators another avenue to explore, which they already were looking into the boys, and now they're like, oh, shit, Okay. But they had no real idea if she was even telling the truth. Like, Dr. Ozeal was married at the time. This is basically his lover. And so they were like, this is already a little bit of a sketchy situation. But then she told them that Dr. Ozeal had an audio tape of the confession. And they were like, we need that tape. So they immediately went to Dr. Ozio with a search warrant, got the audio tape with the confession, just like she said, done. It was all true. Um, March 8th, 1990, Lyle was arrested for his parents' murder. Eric was away on a tournament in Europe for tennis because he decided to get into tennis instead of going to UCLA. (laughs) And was informed that Lyle was arrested from a friend. So basically the friend that he had been living with um, after the murders had called him, said Lyle had been arrested. And his first thing that he said was, with what evidence? Oh, my God. Not for what or how or why. Yeah. Okay. With what evidence? Um, Three days later. Looking like a true white boy. Yeah. (laughs) With the, with the what evidence? Um, <laughs> three days later, as soon as Eric landed back in the United States, he um, was arrested on the tarmac. Like they were waiting for him. Boom, taking him too. I'm surprised he even came back. Like I would imagine well, they would have found somebody him. like that. Yeah, like I mean, eventually. And if you you have to remember also the personalities of the two boys. Like Eric is the more timid, the follower, the yeah. Lyle's the one who would have been the runner. True that. True that. Eric's the like, okay, 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 okay. Um 
Where did I go? So they were being tried together in the same courtroom, but were treated as separate defendants. So it was like two court cases going on at once. There were two different sets of jurors, like very, very That's odd strange. situation. Beca- and they did this because, yes, most of the evidence was the same for the two boys, but some of it incriminated one and not the other. So they... it. It was very confusing and like, yeah, that's weird. I can only imagine like being a juror and like knowing what to take in, what not to take in for what you're doing. Yeah. It's super confusing, but has that, do you know if that's been done ever since? So I don't think I've ever heard of it. I don't like think so again. I don't yeah. think so. Not that I've mm-hmm. heard. Um, um, also this was, Um, The first trial to ever be televised. So this was before O.J. Simpson. Cameras were in the courtroom. Everyone was watching. Like, it was just a huge spectacle. It was huge. Mm -hmm. Leslie Abramson was hired as Eric's attorney. And she's probably the one who, the attorney, she is the attorney who, like, gets the most notoriety for being the attorney for the Menendez brothers. And she's a freaking bulldog. Oh, shoot. I forgot to look up that show they recently did a show i'll look it up but um where they basically like retold the trial like acting and stuff and whoever played her i forgot who it was dang it it's someone like notable but anyways so good like you pull if you pull up an interview with the real leslie abramson and then you play like the side by side of what it's like to a T, exact. It's insane. Um, but she was known for being like a bulldog, fighting really hard for her clients. And naturally, okay, so the defense naturally went down the road of, you know, the tapes from Dr. Ozeal um, could not be used um, due to pa- doctor-patient privilege. Like, they were like, yeah, but it's can't even murder. use them. I thought that was, like, the only time you would be able to use them. Well, the prosecution argued the circumstances surrounding the confession meant that, wait, no, wait, that doctor-patient privilege didn't apply. Um, one, because the doctor allowed his girlfriend to listen in, and she isn't patient, so he already violated that. Yeah. And two... Um, um, his life was threatened. So as soon as a doctor's life is threatened, doctor-patient privilege can go out the door because that's yeah. a safety issue. So um, the judge ruled that none of the communications were privileged and could be used against the boys. So they then moved on to the actual trial for a first-degree murder death penalty case. <clears throat> The prosecution painted the picture of greedy rich kids who killed their parents for money. The prosecution has the crime scene photos on their side because they, even with like the faces blurred out and stuff, you can just tell it's super duper gruesome. So it's just like red and like black spots where like the heads were bashed in. It's insane. And they were explaining that a rifle, like when it like, it like shreds the body. So, Mm -hmm. like, really just one 
rifle shot going into them is going to make serious damage, let alone six, seven, ten. It's just they were completely mutilated. And naturally, they're going to put those up in the courtroom, show the jurors exactly what they did. And that's and they said when they put them up, many of the jurors turned away. There was like an audible gasp in the room. Along with just like like this eerie silence, like no one really knew yeah. what to say because it was so bad. Yeah, it must be so awkward. Too. I was gonna say I can't imagine being a juror in like some in a case like that where you that's like the deciding factor because I don't know. I think it depending on the person you are. Like when you see something like that, first of all, it scars you. Yeah, it's startling. It, regardless, it never goes away. But then like. If you start to believe like, okay, they did it, or if you get like even a hint that they did it and then you think like, okay, they might, they did it. And then you see those pictures there, you're done. You're like, oh my God, they did this. Yeah, they uh-huh. need to be put away They're monsters. forever. They're monsters. So I don't know. I just, I think it's crazy and I think it's weird and it must be, it's something that's obviously stuck with them forever. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. jurors. It's a tactic. I mean, oh they, yeah, absolutely. They obviously have to see it for like evidence purposes, but then I think like the secondary purpose is like to show you like what these fucking people are capable of. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Time out. Can we time out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um. Okay. Now I want to see which one's the hot one. Oh. I think Lyle is technically considered the hot one. For me. And it's so weird. Like, I hate this. But, like, watching Lyle speak and Lyle's personality makes him less hot to me. To me, Eric's, like, shy personality makes Eric more hot to me. Ew, that's so gross. But you know what I mean? Like, Lyle just gives me the creeps. But I think Lyle was technically the hotter one. Okay, the one with the least in that photo which one is that that's this one yeah eric oh okay then eric eric's the hotter one but i think in that time lyle was technically considered the hotter one i can see that yeah yeah so eric i think is the hotter one Mm -hmm. and i think it's because i don't know the lyle just looks like very boyish yeah. I don't know. Lyle to me looks very Neanderthal-y. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? For sure. Like yeah. a little knuckle draggery. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That like is he's so going to drag me into his cave. Proceed. I apologize for that intermission. Thank you. That's okay. Um, okay. So what? The prosecution expanded on the overkill portion of these crimes and how gruesome they were. They also focused on the elaborate spending sprees that the boys had right after the murders and how this did not show people who felt bad about what they had just done. And even though I know a lot of the time they say you never know how people mourn, Mm -hmm. but that's definitely not (laughs) one of the ways you want to mourn, especially when the case is under investigation. I mean, you've never heard of retail therapy? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I mean, but geez. Um, so they were saying that this showed that and proved that money was the motive for killing their parents. They called Dr. Roziel to the stand and he explained that he was of the firm belief that Eric and Lyle were planning on murdering him. He confirmed the boy's confession and explained they had revealed their motive started when they got caught for their breaking and entering. So this was kind of like an alternative motive to the mo- money. Um, well, no, it's actually, it's kind of, it's where it like all stemmed from was because they were caught for breaking and entering. And the theory was that they found out that their father was going to cut them out of the will because he was so fucking pissed and so fucking done. Fucking wham. Yeah. Like, grow up. Um, so that would mean that their lavish lifestyles would be gone. Everything would be gone from them. And the prosecution called another witness to prove this theory. It was a computer expert that the boys had hired after the murders to search their father's computer for anything relating to his will. Oh, my God. He was instructed when he found the files about the will to delete the entire computer. No one knows what the new will said. We will never know. Um, the only existing copy of his will from was, ni- from, was from 1981 with the boy still in it, leaving them with everything. It probably left, I mean, I'm just speculating, but I would imagine it would leave it to the mom. Yeah. And if and then the what case, does the, mom's the mom will. would die, maybe like an estate of sort that the boys had like limited access to. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But also another witness was call- called. It was Eric's old friend from high school who had actually originally come to the police a few weeks after the murder with a film script they had written together. Oh, my God. The script was oddly about killing parents and inheriting millions of dollars. (laughs) Sound familiar? (laughs) Uh, That reminds me of the guy, (laughs) the fucking firefighter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He wrote like a screenplay or whatever. (laughs) Fucking dumbasses. So... The judge actually didn't allow the script as evidence because Eric wasn't the sole author, but the friend was still called to the stand to testify about that and about a conversation that he had with Eric, um, and he said that he had confessed the murders to him as well. So, Mm. allegedly, Eric confessed to the therapist and to this friend. Mm -hmm. So now it was the defense's turn. The picture that they were painting was of two boys who were afraid of their father. Obviously, they could not deny at this point that the boys did commit the murder. The confession tapes are there. There's nothing that they can do about that. They focused on why the boys did it. And the defense was that for 12 years, between the ages of 6 and 18, Eric was sexually molested by his father. And this was like a complete shock to the courtroom Mm -hmm. because they did not see this coming. Um, It was like a huge thing. Yeah. And if it's true, I mean, it really does change the game of what's... Eileen. What did he say? (laughs) What did she say? That's what she said. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 
if it's true, it it changes the game of what's going on here. Uh, they explained that Eric and Lyle grew up in a life of fear. They had testimony from a psychiatrist named Dr. Vickery, who worked with the brothers after their arrest. That's a little convenient, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Um, and he explained that both boys explained that they were sexually abused by their father and their mother had not stopped the abuse even after she knew. And that's, they just like went off the handle. Mm -hmm. The defense called multiple witnesses who explained how dysfunctional the family was. So this like now all the tea is being spilled. Like, yeah, it was just about these two greedy rich kids. Now, Everyone's sipping tea. Um, The witnesses included Eric's tennis coach, who explained how Jose was very demanding and completely micromanaged the boys' lives. He was controlling to the tennis coach, telling him what to do. And, like, it was just, like, a very controlling situation. Also brought to the stand were Eric and Lyle's aunts and uncles, who explained how tyrannical he was with the boys. Nothing was ever good enough. They explained how he pushed the boys from the time they were very young, like one or two years old. Like he was just like expected perfection. Nothing. If if they didn't give perfection, they were like a failure. Yeah. And they also explained that Kitty was an alcoholic, was very moody and unstable. Um, it was the eighties. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> was, was alcoholic and unstable. <laughs> Everyone was an alcoholic. (laughs) Um, But all of these witnesses talked about just how tyrannical he was. None of them backed up the sexual abuse claims that the boys were saying. All except one. One of the brother's cousins said that when Lyle was eight years old, he came to her with a story about how Jose had been touching him inappropriately. He was, like, reaching out for help. The cousin was 17 at the time, and she immediately went to Kitty to go tell her. Um, When she told Kitty, she completely dismissed the claims and was in total denial that anything was happening to her sons. Well, I was going to say the only other person that could corroborate that story either, I mean, obviously she's dead, but if she was alive, would she? Mm -hmm. Like, would she stand up for her husband or would she try to, you know... If she covered it for as long as she did, she'd stand up for her husband even in death. Mm -hmm. I think so. That's a little tricky either way. So September 10th, Lyle took the stand and gave a testimony about his abuse. Both Lyle and Eric cried through the account of the abuse. Like... um, Babies. And... I'll get into this a little bit later, but... If this isn't true... They need to be given Academy Awards because well, it's just like the fucking nine one one call. Believable, yeah. Um, so Lyle explained that he was molested between six and eight years old. After he turned eight, the father moved on to Eric and molested Eric from six to eighteen. And I think it's it it was also more than molestation; it was also rape. Um. The abuse was uh, th- that he described was very specific and very uncomfortable for people to hear. Um, uh, the judge did explain to the jury, though, 
that abuse doesn't prove anything in terms of a legal defense. Like as they were doing, he was like, this doesn't, just because you're sexually abused doesn't mean you have the right to kill someone. Yep. Unless mm-hmm. it's in the act and you feel that your life is threatened, a.k.a. self-defense. The defense then started to explain that the brothers feared for their lives because the encounters with their father always came with threats, that if they told anyone, he would kill them. August 1989, I almost said 1889, like all of a sudden we're time traveling. Um, (laughs) I just really wanted to be, I just really wanted it to be like an older story, you know? (laughs) Um, Eric came to his father and said he wanted to go to UCLA and he wanted to live in the dorms. Jose was like, absolutely fucking not. You have to stay at home. And Lyle said that he went to their father and begged him to stop abusing Eric, let him go to UCLA. And according to Lyle, he told him that he does with his son, what he does with his sons is none of his business. Okay. Lyle then threatened to go to the police, and he told both of the boys that if they told anyone, he would have them killed. Lyle took this as just a matter of time before they would be killed because they're starting to speak out more against this. And he just felt he was like, if he feels like we're going to talk, he's going to kill us. Um, So they felt like they had to be the ones who took the first shot, literally. Um, they felt that they, I'm doing air quotes. They felt that they had no alternative. So, and if you look at, okay, if you look at the picture they're painting, right? Lyle goes to his cousin at eight years old, confesses this to her. If all this is true, right? Let's just talk about if all this is true, the cousin goes to the mom, the mom does nothing. In fact, like, I think he might like, Probably he might have gotten in trouble for that. Probably. Like, what would you, like, you would feel like I've tried to say something that's not working anymore. Yeah. I mean, it is like, okay, like, I see where this is going here. So Lyle then completely confessed on the stand. So not only did they have the tape of them confessing, he went through the details of the night that they killed their parents Um, and as he's telling it, like he's crying, like he's, and it looks like he's in pain and the tears look very real. Yeah. We don't know. Um, September 27th, it was Eric's turn to take the stand. Eric explained about the abuse as well. During this time, the prosecution did their best to remind the jurors of the crime and how horrible it was. And, because it was it was like oh these poor boys and they're like no look back at the pictures like look back at the pictures that was kind of their whole thing and um the fact that jose and kitty were not there to tell their side of the story so it's literally a one-sided account with no evidence to back up the boys claims and that's why it's a little bit easy to come up with that narrative of abuse which again we still don't really know whether Mm -hmm. that's true or not because the only two people that could verify that if they were willing are dead Mm -hmm. so taking that into account like it is very easy to bring that up to maybe like lessen their sentence or Mm -hmm. whatever like you know induce or like invoke sympathy towards these kids but at the end of the day like the murder happened it's brutal 
these kids did it. Mm -hmm. They're admitting to it. So Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of like take it from there. Yeah. And so the jury then went to deliberation. Um, for, and, and as I was watching the snapped episode, they, they explained it wasn't whether they were guilty or not. It was whether they were guilty of first degree murder or whether they were guilty of manslaughter, because those are two different, completely different sentences. Um, and so that was really. And the first degree for them would have been the death sentence, right? They would have been, um, up for the death penalty, but it was like life and stuff like that. Um, they could have been given, but manslaughter was like 20 to 25 years. Yeah. So it's drastically different, especially when you're in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really, I mean, they knew that they were getting guilty. It's just what they were getting guilty. So for 19 days, both sets of jurors went over all of the evidence and discussed. And it really all boiled down to whether you believe the brothers or whether you didn't believe the brothers. And they were just completely split. Um, During this time, Hollywood was like already taking over, like because, you know, cameras were in the courtroom, the boys were heartthrobs. Like they are good looking boys in general. Um, Yeah. But they had a huge fan base. It was no, um, it was very noticeable that as the trial went on, there were more, and more and more females in the courtroom. They mm-hmm. were just like girls just like loved them and they felt bad for them. They thought they were so cute. Um, and so Hollywood already had like made for TV movies in the works. Like it was a whole, th- like it was just a whole spectacle. It was absolutely insane. And it was the first that any, uh, the, we don't, any of us had seen. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was like one at the time, but (laughs) (laughs) I had never seen anything like this. Um, Mm -hmm. So in the end of the deliberation, the jurors could not aside, (laughs) (laughs) decide and were deadlocked. So um, the judge declared a mistrial, which means they had to do this all over again. All over again. So and... um, during a potty break, Janine had pulled up, and I might leave that in. I'm not sure yet, but it, it depends on you how you can it, cut it. It in. depends on how it flows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, we decided that Eric was the hotter one, and you had pulled up the creepy image of Eric, where he's like doing mm-hmm. that really, like kind of maniacal smile, and that mm-hmm. happened right after the mistrial. So that's what that smile was about. It was basically like they declared a mistrial and he did that yeah. like creepy kind of smile that everyone like sees on the internet now. Which is very sexy, unfortunately. <laughs> it was a little bit. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, so the brothers spent almost two years in jail waiting for another trial. As we know, nowadays... I mean, attention spans are nothing. It wasn't too far from the fact back then either. Like, things and excitement fade so quickly, Um, especially when other exciting news comes into play, like O.J. Simpson. And during this time is when O.J. Simpson happened, and the Menendez brothers were old news, you know? Um, 
October 11th, 1995, the brothers' second trial started with very little media coverage, and the OJ, OJ had just been acquitted eight days earlier. Like, it was all fresh. Like, no one gave a shit about the Menendez trial. Well, because it was a whole nother thing yeah. after that. Like, not only was there the acquittal, there was all the shit going on in yeah. L.A., the fucking, like, it was a it goddamn was nightmare insane. after that. Yeah. So, also, the judge decided to ban cameras from the courtroom. So, not only it be. is this, you know, right after the OJ thing, they don't get cameras in there anymore. So, nobody can watch. So, nobody cares. Um, and this time around, they would only have one jury. So, they stood trial together with a single jury. So, um, those were some of the differences but the main difference is that the prosecution was able to keep certain evidence out of the courtroom including all of the abuse information they were not allowed to bring that up um because the judge said that the claims were unsubstantiated and they could not back it up factually so um the defense fought this of course but ultimately the judge decided absolutely not he said they were not going to confuse the jurors with the emotional issue. And that's what it is. It's not, I mean, you want black and white in the courtroom. You don't want any gray. And that is so much gray because mm -hmm. it can't be substantiated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if it's true, how sad is that? Yeah, I agree. But we, we still don't know, I know. that. Uh, pin, pin it, pin it, pin it. Okay. <laughs> So this time around, the jury did reach a verdict. It was a lot easier for them. They found them guilty of first-degree murder, and it was then on to the sentencing portion of the trial. Um, they would they were guilty, but what would their punishment be? Like, they yeah. have options. So April 17th, the jury sentenced the boys to life without parole. Although not the verdict they hoped, um, both uh, uh, Lyle was very happy that they were sentenced that they weren't sentenced to death that he was going to be yeah. able to live his life still eric on the other hand was like completely broken um he, and he's always been the more sensitive one in this whole thing so um also they found out that the brothers would serve out their sentences in two separate prisons so they would be mm -hmm. separated they wouldn't see each other again so that just broke eric even more as I said, Lyle and Eric had female admirers and eventually got married. Lyle married Anna Erickson. She was in Playboy and she was a model. Um, but it didn't last because in 2001, she filed for divorce after she found out Lyle had been exchanging letters with another oh woman. Ooh. I literally Dirty can't get a fucking text back and these dog. guys are dating in prison. Dirty getting married dog. in getting prison. Getting married in prison. Yep. Like, what the fuck yep. is happening? Yep, yep, yep. So two years, and um, with a first-degree murder charge, as I had mentioned before, they are not allowed conjugal visits. So they're allowed to get married, but they are not allowed conjugal visits. There are other ways, though, as Eileen alluded to. But um, <laughs> two years later, Lyle was married to magazine editor Rebecca Sneed, who was the woman that he was basically like, quote unquote, cheating on mm -hmm. the only way he could. Anna the mistress. With. Um, and oddly enough, Rebecca was also in Playboy. So he, it's just a thing. It's just a thing with his wives. Okay. Um, 
How else is he going to get his rocks off other than seeing them naked? Well, according to a former inmate that spent time with Lyle and they were going to write a book together, Lyle was actually gay. And Mm. he was leading a double life, even though he was behind bars. Interesting. I mean, I guess you have to be gay if you're in prison. I mean, he doesn't have much choice here. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have to confine himself to labels, Eileen. Okay? <laughs> he could just love for love. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Lyle, even behind bars, is like the playboy. Eric also got married and is still married to the same woman to this day. Her name is Tammy Rusakaman. Something like that. I knew I liked him for a reason. He looked like a loyal man. Yeah. So he's a super loyal man. <laughs> got married to her. Done. Like, um, they got married in, like, the visitor's line of the prison. Oh and God. instead of a wedding cake, they used Twinkies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. The most, you know the most important gonna, piece of information in this whole thing. I'm going to have to change mine and Crystal's um, wedding plan. And we're just going to have a bunch of fucking Twinkies at our wedding. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. I am there for it. Um. So, in 2004, California passed a law to aid inmates who were victims of past abuse. It says, if you are the victim of sexual abuse and you did not have the chance to present that as a defense at your trial, you were entitled to a retrial. Sound familiar? Okay, but hold on. If they did present it in their first trial, it, that the ended second in a trial only matters. Because that was a so mistrial. So wherever the conviction is. Yeah. So they weren't allowed to present it. They got convicted. Technically, they are allowed a retrial. Okay. Eric's attorney believes that this is a good opportunity for his client. Also, in 2018, new evidence was found. Uh-oh. A letter from Eric to his cousin, Andy, explaining the abuse he suffered from his father every night. When? When yeah. was this letter It was from? when he was younger. Ooh. Fuck. They're going to be acquitted, aren't they? So, um... That was last year, so... No, I don't think they'll be acquitted. I think their charges will be lessened, and eventually they'll be released on time served. So, um... That smile... Hmm. Tell us something. (laughs) Um, Okay. So in 2018, Lyle and Eric were also moved into the same prison and were reunited after decades apart. I watched that. And honestly, no matter what, like it was very emotional. Like, I I haven't seen it. I'm gonna have to watch. Oh my God. It's really good. Like, God damn. Like, I can't imagine. It was, it was really good. Well, because God, especially for people like that, that are so like, I, I wouldn't say sheltered, but sheltered in their mm-hmm. own kind of like little bubble mm-hmm. and then being separated after going through something like that. Mm-hmm. That's why, like for me, at least it was like, oh, okay. Oh my God. It was, to be it, together. I mean, I hate saying like it was heartwarming and touching, but it really was. I know. Yeah. Like it, re- it was. Oh God. It's, I don't, and I don't know. Like, I still don't know. I never, and I'll get into this, but I never know how I feel about this case. And that's why yeah. it's one of my favorites is because I'm so fucking torn on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so both have become productive citizens in their prison communities. Lyle was head of the prison government and he's been an activist for prison reform in California. Eric created a hospice program in the previous prison he was in and the one he's in now. Eric leads a weekly mindful meditation group. 
So they're they're doing okay. well for themselves. So, 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 so. Also, I just found this. Three weeks ago. A double murder. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at it now? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, the psychiatrist, Dr. Vickery, who you know, received the abuse allegations from the boys, surrendered his medical license for admitting Stop. to altering notes in the trail, among other things. In the trial. Stop. Yep. Among, like, other things unrelated to the trial. Like, he's done Okay, so things. at the beginning, so this would have still been in July 2019. Uh-huh. Okay. So, but remember, we still have the new piece of evidence. So it doesn't necessarily yeah. say that what mm-hmm. they were saying wasn't true, but mm-hmm. still. So Vickery... And I quote, rewrote pages of his clinical notes, deleting potentially damaging material, knowing that his rewritten notes would be provided to prosecutors and used in court as though they were originals, according to the medical board records. Wait, damaging as in what, like, what does that even mean? That's all it says. So I don't. It could be damaging. It could be a way that they phrased something as in like Mm. showing no remorse. It could, okay. you know, like it could be a lot of different yeah. things, but that could be some, you know, like I don't feel bad. But now that he he has done that, basically everything, anything that he submits is going to be questioned right. as is it real or is it not? But now well, the question is, trial, even if all of that's removed, right, they still mm-hmm. have the cousin who told, said that Lyle told the story. And now they Mm -hmm. have this new cousin who has this letter from Eric. So does that matter? That's the question. Even if his testimony is removed, does that matter? Well, what's going to happen is they're going to give him a new trial. They're going to get their new trial. They're going to do the new evidence. And people are going to have remorse for them. And now the thing is, is they're, yes, they committed the murders. They already know they committed the murders. But... Do they deserve the sentence right. they got? And that's exactly what it's coming down to. Because, because they've been out for, they've been in for so long. How long have they been in for? Remember how I mentioned that manslaughter was 20 to 25 years? It's been yeah. 20 to 25 years? Yep. Yeah. So they would so already be released be on, on, yeah. on time served. So they'll be released on time served. Yeah. So this story obviously is still developing. Um, I'm not sure if they will get a new trial. They have until 2020 to file their appeal based on the new law. So if they let that lapse, they cannot file an appeal under the new law anymore. They won't. But if they get a new trial, they may even be compensated for like overtime served. Because if they would have lessened their sentence, they would have served more time than this Mm -hmm. sentence would have been. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I think at this point they'll just be like, just go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they're going to be living large because they're the Menendez brothers and they're out. They wouldn't be exonerated, right? No. No. No, it'll just be. It wouldn't be guilty of first degree murder anymore. It would be guilty of manslaughter, time served, done. They'll still be felons. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I wonder if they're going to do porn. Like, what's his name? Um,. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's, what's no but they'll be able to benefit John off Wayne, of John any and all um movies movies and, like, and, and they're, this yep they're still mm-hmm. good looking i mean they can still they're get not, it yeah i mean they're so, so that's what here's my thing right mm-hmm. if they were truly abused 
I can see snapping on my goddamn parents. Mm-hmm. If this is a lie, they're disgusting pigs. Mm-hmm. That's literally like how the opposite ends of the spectrum is that. And it's very hard to, like, kind of judge them on the spending spree and everything after the fact because they were still really young. They were very young. And there's going to so, be a book deal know, for sure. 100%. When they get out, they're each going to have book deals. And I yeah. cannot wait. I will be the first, like, one of the first ones to buy that book. We're books. going to the we're going to the book signing. Tour. Yes, we're doing it. So um, look at Kyle's face. <laughs> I also want it. Oh, my God, I can't. I like I'm like creeped out and excited like at the same time. Um, also, um, they were recently brought up again because a famous um, basketball card, like a baseball card, but a basketball card mm-hmm. was found. Oh, and uh-huh. in the background of it's the guy them. doing the shot is the Menendez brothers. And if mm-hmm. if, if any of you have that goddamn card. <laughs> I will love you for the rest of my life if you give that to me. Just, Just as saying. like a nice gesture for this amazing episode. Because it's going for so for much you. money now. And I hate yeah. it. But I want it so bad. Yeah, they're just like chilling in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Like, And I think That's it was like really some cool. random guy who was like looking through them. And he was like, that really looks like the Menendez brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> And I guess it was, like, already a pretty rare, like, card. Like, it wasn't anything, like, crazy, but now. Woo! Yeah. So, yeah. So, if anyone has that and um, wants me to take it off their hands, happy to do so. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's um Mark Jackson basketball card. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have a photo? I think I do. Hang on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's totally them. So, that's... The Menendez brothers. We Yay! This, this next year, guys, <laughs> is going to be This is it. The year where shit's gonna go down. <clears throat> Wait, and I, when did you say they have to appeal by what in twenty twenty? It doesn't say the month, it just said by twenty twenty. Which is only in a few months. I know. So I'm sure it's like TikTok throughout twenty twenty. Well, did I yeah. say it was in the yeah, I don't have the month of when the law was passed. But I have a feeling that their lawyers are definitely working on oh, absolutely. getting all of that together. But yeah. I am curious as to how other people's people's how other people's feel <laughs> about this. Like, do you feel like they snapped? Do you feel like they're lying liars? Like they fit into so many categories of this mm-hmm. season. I don't even know what they to needed do. their own episode. <laughs> they really did. So this just every time I see something on them and every time I watch it, I am disgusted and feel bad for them all at the same time. And I don't know what to do with my emotions. And yeah, so now I've put it out there. What do y'all think? What is the what is the public consensus? Yeah, no, I think a lot of well, it's probably 50 50 people like 50 percent know either way and then the other 50% are just like us like they have no idea (sighs) because we don't know because it if it's if they really were like raped as children like but again the the prosecution can come back with 
So many people are abused as children. So many people are molested, raped, yeah, but it's not first degree murder. Do not kill. But it's not. They didn't say that they didn't kill, and they didn't say it wasn't. They they. But did they? Is it first degree murder? But is it justified? Like, can someone? It's a tough fucking case. It they can snap, but again, in. Let's say it, there's no was excuse in the for act. murder. Regardless, right. there's no excuse for murder. But if it was in the act and like the whoever said that their lives were, you know, jeopardized or threatened and then they murdered, I think that would be mm-hmm. completely different than if they plotted this out and fucking wrote whatever poem or whatever shit you said that they fucking wrote <laughs> beforehand. Great. Yeah, it's regard like, it's premeditated on. murder. Yeah. And then they went out to reload and came back in. Mm-hmm. Like they could have stopped. Exactly. Like it's just they did it with no remorse. Well, they here, did it with no. here is another question. Because also, even in the murder, Lyle did more. Lyle was kind of the whole like he he verbally says, like when they walked in, he started shooting. And he told Eric to start shooting. Um, so that's another question is, should Lyle get a different sentence than Eric? Are they both at the same fault? Um, that's yeah, enough- Lyle's the older one? Because Lyle's you could have stopped one, yeah. the other. But he did you less. You could have said, I mean, even if you did less, you're an accessory. You were there. But you, that's a different you're charge. You're a co-conspirator. But is that's- it a different charge that is... L- more than the 20 whatever years they've already served. I'm not a lawyer. God, God damn it. You know <laughs> Listen, Harvey Levin, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, either way, if this gets a retrial, they're going to get out mm-hmm. because if they got, they got life, right? Life without parole. I don't know why I just said it like that. Is that Florida? They already served more than what they would have been sentenced if the abuse would have been submitted in that second case. So any fucking way you cut it, they're getting out with this new trial, which can you imagine? Essentially they do deserve. They deserve that second trial. You know, if it's if the law passed well, and there was information like omitted that maybe should have been included. But at the yeah. end of the day, they fucking killed their parents. And yeah. if they already, by law, serve that time for whatever sentence they deserve, then they're going to get out. That's insane. <clears throat> it is, 100%. Like, and, and even, like, <laughs> watching the Oxygen thing, the Snapped episode, one of the guys said, like, or no, was it an article I read? Something in my research. One, one of the people said, is the world like is having them out in the world make would it make it more dangerous no because i think and that's the, the anger that's kind of like towards them yeah so i don't think they would kill it no i don't think so either it's just insane and all, there's there's like so many different things so also loyal loyal lyle was <laughs> um in prison with oj for a time and lyle had told oj to take the plea deal um and oj did not deny the killings all he said was i can't it will ruin me yeah so that that also we all know he fucking yeah we all know that but (laughs) it was just like that was another thing it's just there's so many 
so good. But yeah, if that's a whole nother conversation. Try, I'm going to try and find, OB. you know, I'll of course like link. I don't think the oxygen, I had to buy the oxygen snapped episodes to watch them. Yeah. They're not just up. Um, but I'll try and find like the reunion of them. I'll try and find a couple of things and put them in the show notes um, for sure. But yeah, shit's about to go down. So I'm glad I did this before shit goes down. Yeah, this is gonna because this would have been a ender. two hour. This would have been a two hour episode if I would have let <laughs> shit go down. No, this is like the perfect ending because it's a case you've really wanted to do. It's a case that maybe has, like I said, fallen kind of in the back burner of everything else that's come through. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much new shit that can come out this year or next year. Mm-hmm. So Men- I'm actually really excited now. Menendez. Let me. Oh, it was the Law and Order True Crime series, the Menendez brothers. I remember that. That was what it, came it was. Out recently, yes, it came out recently. It was very good. Edie Falco plays Leslie Abramson. Oh, so good! Like I'm telling you okay. guys, watch that. Then go watch interviews of Leslie Abramson. She's really they're the good, same though. person. They're the same person. <laughs> The same person. But yeah, and even the the guys who played Lyle and Eric, like the casting was just so good. You know what? I think I saw a photo and they look really good. They and and like if you just look at a photo of the actors, like you're like, oh okay, I can see it. But the way like with the hair and the sweaters, the and hair, the everything, yeah. it like I swore I was looking at. It was Look. just insane. So watch that too. So good. Oh yeah, definitely. so good. I like him. I just pulled up a foot. Yeah, I can't see you, but yeah, it's yeah. so good. Like the sweaters. Oh, so good. So good. So good. So Edie Falco actually. So there are a lot of good. questions in this, right? Which one do you think is hotter? I think we Edie Falco. <laughs> 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 um, if that's an option, I have to agree. <laughs> I didn't know that was something, an but she has like a, a Tilda Swinton feel. Yeah, something about bit. them. Ooh, I don't know what it is about Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. I she's got a look, and she I just get it. she's got that androgynous thing look. going. <laughs> I love it's it. It's a look. It's like a, a Ruby Rose look. No, that girl. It's a whole nother level. Oh fuck. Um, but yeah. So who's hotter? How do you feel? What are your thoughts on whether they were abused or not? Do you think they should get out? Do you think they've served their time? All the questions I want to know. I this is one that I really want like people to like talk to us about because it's so we're going to make two separate posts on this one. We're going to do an episode post like we normally do and then we're going to do a conversation post. Cuz I just need to know. Like Yeah. I'm interested because this is like this is a fun conversation case I think Mm -hmm. like because there's so many different angles on it Mm -hmm. um I think it's kind of one it's like Ednan it's like you can kind of go on and on and on about back and forth and back and forth yeah yeah yeah. wow Kyle good job I did it (laughs) yay you fucking did it we did it we finished season three we all did it. The child is here. We all did it together. Yes. Yeah. That was a really good ender. I'm really glad you went last. Thank you. And I'm glad I picked that one. 
Me too. Especially since there's like new shit that'll be coming out soon. Which totally didn't know until like I literally I was like, oh, I should probably like just do a quick search of Google News to see if there's anything new on the case. I was like, yeah. holy fuck. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, the child, I think, wants to say something. Kid. Oh, yo, what is doing, everybody? It's your boy back again with another YouTube video. So today I'm going to be talking about season three. <laughs> and um, so I don't want to say I don't want to give any spoilers about season three, but you know, maybe if, if we work something out, you know, I could throw my own episode in there. <laughs> <laughs> he has been rooting for his own episode since season one. Yeah. So don't, um, if nothing happens, then, you know, my bad. All right. I'm about to head out. Bye. That, you can edit that whole Legit. thing out. <laughs> he farted on this fucking microphone. I don't want to put it anywhere near my face. Um, so, yeah. Season... Fucking three. Oh man. Is done. Thank you and good night and yeah. fuck off. Thank you to everyone who has listened, who has mm-hmm. attempted to listen, who continues to listen, who's been with us since day one, who has told friends about or day two. Us. Um thank you to everyone who has talked to us and um like interacted with us yeah. through Instagram, which is our biggest platform that we use. Um and we've had a ton of new followers through Podbean. I haven't posted this up yet, but Podbean included us in the like podcasts, like the 2019 top true crime podcast of 2019, which is fucking like what? I know <laughs> it's insane. Um, it's, we like, I don't get it. We like got an yeah. email from like corporate. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't. <laughs> there are better podcasts out there. Well, they were mentioned there are more too. organized podcasts out there. Yeah, I just um, I don't understand it. But hey, whatever. I'll take it. And like always, we super appreciate everybody that, you know, is part of this little TCG family. Um, it brings me endless amount of joy to be a part of this. So, yes, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we don't know when season four is going to be starting so don't, fu- don't even fucking ask like <laughs> we have no idea you if you if you're if you're like actually expecting us to have our shit together then you obviously are new here <laughs> i legit don't even know yet because my weekend schedule I might know. be changing soon I so yeah. it's gonna be a few months it's gonna it's gonna be a minute but yeah yeah so just stay with us we'll we'll, we'll entertain you don't worry. We'll that sounded that sounded dirty. Okay. <laughs> mm, we'll entertain I mean, you, we baby. Don't worry. We'll still entertain you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, mm. there was a big Playboy topic <laughs> surrounding this. Oh episode, God, no! So you never. That know. would be all bad. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but so we don't know. So we can't tell you right now. But we will mm-hmm. tell you on social media we'll send out an email so you can subscribe to our email like we don't spam we literally basically like tell you when any our merch is up or like (laughs) when when we're starting again like that's like literally when you'll get an email from us so you can um subscribe to our newsletter on our um website truecrimegirls.com you can also contact us through there or you can email us um truecrimegirls at gmail.com um we're on instagram facebook and twitter um at true crime girls 
Not really Twitter. Let's maybe we should just take Twitter out of the equation because let's yep. let's be honest. Um, let's be honest. But yeah, so make sure you're following us on there because that's how you're going to find out when we're back and when we're going to entertain you. Mm-hmm. When our entertainment schedule is. When we're going on mm-hmm. tour. Oh my god! Oh fuck Can you no! Imagine? 2020 Menendez Brothers tour. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be opening up for the, up for the Menendez Brothers. <laughs> You heard it here first. It's like the Jonas Brothers, oh but yep. a little more sinister. Yep. Better. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here first, kids. Go buy your tickets now. They don't know it yet, but they're this gonna, is the longest the exit out. ever, and I have to pee again. All right. Oh my god. I drank a big beer. This is twice. why you can't have nice things. This is why I can't drink beer. We love you so fucking much. We is too many people. Really dumb. Yep. We. Thank you for sticking people. with us. <laughs> I'm ready for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go. Well, they're gonna have pizza. I don't know. Fuck what I'm yeah, do. mm, but we pizza love you. Rance is in Long Beach. What? What now, bitch? We love you. What? We love you so much. I don't know. <laughs> and um, I say Rance is in Long Beach. What now, bitch? Shout out. We're not sponsored. Um, no, sponsored. I wish. Just give me a free slice. So yeah, go. Um, like I said, go follow us everywhere. Please do not fucking follow us home. <laughs> nope, that'd be weird. Nope. We're not going to entertain you if you follow us home. So I will. We only do it online <laughs> for extra money. God damn it. All right. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Later losers. <laughs>